No, I think cancel con culture is very toxic. Extreme. We're not canceling yourself. Don't worry. Don't. You better not cancel me. I didn't say anything that bad. Not today. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>back to another episode of uh, of what (laughs) (laughs) welcome back to another episode of romancing the monsters i'm m hi i'm s i'm seth this week we are discussing dark sky by um cressley cole and i have to admit i cheated a little bit i went on goodreads this morning and i may or may not have seen s's reading Uh. of this book um which don't look at it's it. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting because oh no, I didn't see it, and I haven't updated she my. She rated it quite low, and 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 Seth, Seth, I don't remember how you liked this book, but I don't think it was one of your faves. And then I quite liked the book, so it's gonna it's gonna make for an interesting conversation. Could I? Because I feel we're <laughs> like all over the place with how we feel about this book. So I feel like we should just because I just said that, and I hate to make people wait. Um, I feel like we should first say how we feel okay. about the book, and then go into okay. what the book is about. So. Yes, since you're the one. <laughs> Not to put you on the spot, but to put you on the spot. How did you feel about this book? Oh god, this book. <laughs> it was boring. Really? That's interesting. It just I didn't connect with it. I thought I I was actually really excited because I don't know, I feel like the build up for Thronos and Lanthe's book, like I don't know. I expected something like amazing, but um I I didn't like it. I really didn't. Would you say this is your least favorite in the series? It, I think it's close to, like, Murdoch's book. Uh-huh. You know how I, I, like, I didn't fucking like Murdoch. Uh, untouchable. So, yeah. Yeah, so it was kind of kind of there. Oh, sorry, no. But I will say that I did like um, Lanthe, like her character. I really did like her. You did? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Marge is like, I did it. You liked her. I really did like her. <laughs> She's like the one thing about the book I didn't like. Yeah, Throno was a different story for me, so. What? Baby Throno? Yeah, I'm with I you on that love one. And it makes me sad because I was really excited to read about him and, you know, their story. And it's just, it didn't work out. Oh, my just... God. Well, um, I'm kind of the opposite. I mean, I didn't love the book, but I I really enjoyed it personally. Like I felt like there was a lot going on, which did a sort of make the the whole plot feel quite convoluted at times. Like there was a lot going on and like it was nonstop in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like it starts off right in the middle of the action and it keeps up till the end. Like you never it never really lets up until the end. So for me, it was kind of the opposite. Sometimes I felt like too much was going on. And I was like, oh, my God, again, something else and something else and something else. So, but it, you know, it kept me entertained. Um, and I, I didn't really care for Lanthe as a character. I didn't hate her. 
either, but she's kind of just, she did a lot of things that I was sort of struggling with and it didn't help that I felt so protective of Thronos. Like, I mean, again, Thronos is not like by any means my favorite male character of the series, but because of what he went through and like his love for Lenthe, like his undying love that literally nothing could make him stop love from loving her like it just I loved that about him like how he was kind of precious like he's a little virgin boy (laughs) who you know was raised in a very conservative environment and like he you know had all like I don't know like he was just he was cute all right like he was cute he's not like oh my god so hot you know like but he's He's cute, you know? Like, you need to change sometimes. He's like Sebastian level for me, you know, of cuteness. Oh, God, Sebastian. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Sebastian, who we keep on forgetting all the time. Um, What about you, Um, Okay, so I rated it a four star the first time around. Um, Mm -hmm. And I kind of don't know why I did that. Because the second time around, I was struggling. And like you said, I feel like too much was going on to the point where, like, I kind of disassociated myself with it. And, like, I kind of was left, like, unfeeling towards the story because I felt like, okay, something else is going to happen. Oh, look, something else happened. Oh, no, they're going to die. And I just didn't care at that point. I just felt like too many things were going on. And, like, by the point where I thought nothing, like, we were done, like, we've reached, like, you know, ultimate conflict something else happened. And then I'm like, okay, great. Okay. (laughs) Like I just, and like, like you said, um, for me, it was the opposite with the characters. I kind of liked Lanthi more than I did Thronos. And the reason being was because of his personality. And like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't feel his love for Lanthi, which is like, you know, kind of the whole point of this book was for you to feel that he was very much you know, still heartbroken and sad about what happened when they were children 500 years ago. Um, I didn't feel that, obviously, probably closer to the end, I didn't feel that. Um, And at that point, I kind of felt like, okay, I feel it now, but I didn't feel it during the book. Yeah, I just, I just didn't, didn't like it as much as I did the first time. Interesting. I don't know, like, for me, I always, I, I appreciate Cressley Cole's Like, she always tries to, you know, make her characters interesting by not making them completely good characters. Mm. Like, they've all done questionable things. They've all, you know, done things that you're like, wow, how are we ever going to, like, how are you ever going to make me care for this character or make me want to to see them happy after what they did type of thing? So I appreciate that she always does that. Um, And I want to make it clear that, like, what I didn't like about Lenthe was not the fact that she had a promiscuous past. I don't care about that. Like, that's not what made me dislike her. What I didn't like was what she did to Thronos. Like, literally asked, forced him, compelled him to jump off a high building without using his wings, which broke them, which 500 years later, they are still broken, and she continues to hurt him. That, that was way. his own choice. What do you mean? He decided to go after her, further breaking his wings, not not letting it heal. Secondly, 
she was just coming off of like the shock and the grief and like everything that's happening with her parents like she was a little child she was like eight or nine and like she just saw her parents beheaded at, like beheaded in their bedroom and the only person who would know where she lived would have been Thronos so I think I like I don't want to get into it yet but like this book had one of my tro- like the tropes that I did like detest to the nth degree which is miscommunication and I just felt like this book suffered so badly from it like even up until the point like they even found each other after the prison and all of that like it's still miscommunication they just never really had a conversation and even during the 500 years that passed all it would have taken was just a sit down and being like yeah actually I never sent my dad there he kind of just figured that out and like yeah I just it was just pointless in my my head I do commend Cressley Cole though for doing a different story than what she's like usually doing and like I don't know I just felt like it was different from the other books in the sense where like they were friends at first and like things happen and like it's just different than the other books and we also get to visit other worlds that we never really got to visit before which I thought was really interesting and we haven't even done the synopsis yet we're 10 minutes in (laughs) true okay let's let's do that first okay what's this book about so (laughs) so this book starts off with um a flashback of them as kids and we get to see them at their purest and like at their sweetest to one another um she was nine and he was like 13 or whatever and like they just became best friends and Thronos knew at that point that they were mates um things happen her parents die by his father's hand Sabine comes in and kills his father and you know tells everyone else to kill each other um thus starting the 500 year push and pull between Thronos and Lanthe um and we finally get to the prison that was you know organized by the order which is a human organization that wants to get rid of any creatures of the lore um Thronos took Lanthe and they start this whole quest about uh I don't even know how many days it took, but they start this quest and um, he's rightfully angry at her with what happened in the past. Um, He keeps telling her that she'd robbed him of his mate and any children that he could have had at that point. And he also has been 500 years, um, you know, he hasn't had sex ever, not not once. So this man's a virgin and um he also can't touch her or himself sexually because it's considered a sin in his religion and and his people so he hasn't even you know jerked the meat or whatever so this poor guy (laughs) um so still in the island of the order they get caught by embrine and portia because they want her to open a portal um, they cut out her tongue so she can't persuade them, but she has the ability that no one knew about, um, which was the ability to talk in their heads, and she knocked them all out and opened a portal, and Thronos and her ended up in Pandemonia, which is, like, the land of the demons and, like, where they originate, in a sense, um, and then Thronos finds himself able to read the language, even though he denies that his species, the Freckners, are demons, um, he thinks they're like some angelic uh, warrior angel species. Um, he does not think they're as lowly as demons, but like obviously we find out that they are demons. Um, and they continue to travel to different planes. They go to fake Feverus, which is basically um, 
I don't, that's why I'm kind of confused. So, like, Freveris is basically a plane, like a, I think it's a demon plane or just, like, another world. Or, like, you just constantly feel, like, the urge to have sex and it's, like, you're kind of, like, in a haze, a lustful haze. Um, my question is, was it actually fake Feveris or was Feveris actually what it was? Which is basically they were stuck in a beast's belly and, like, being fed on as they are in a dream state and they are having lustful, you know, situations occur. That's what I, I thought was that confused. was kind of like a different portal that they went into, right? Yeah, they went through another portal, but like, that's what I thought was, was that actually Feverus or was that fake Feverus? I think it was fake. Back. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I think that's what Nick's, Nick says. Like, all along, they were just stuck in like a, yeah. a beast's belly or whatever yeah but they thought they were there because of whatever is inside that belly that was making them hallucinate or i don't i don't know but i don't think they were ever actually there yeah okay um and then we end up um i don't know how you say his name you guys listen to the audiobook right is it Nar- narius narius the the sea god yeah Narius. Narius. okay they end up in his palace Mm -hmm. um things happen there where uh thronos is tested um with his matehood um he's drugged and is kind of given a whole harem of um water equivalent of nymphs and he what are they called and myriads i think that's what they're called um yeah, so he ends up denying them and only wanting Lanthe. So they finally are granted access to leave, and they decide to go to Sky. Um, during that time, they learn to accept each other and their bond. Um, and then Morgana, who is kind of like the queen of sorcery. Am I saying it right this time? It's a sorcery. Sorcery. Again, I'm not saying it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't spell anything in these books, so... There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Sorcerai. She, Morgana, is like literally the queen of them all because she's insane. Um, and also she ends up taking away their fire Sith, which basically, like the Vrekner, um fire Sith because they end up hoarding powers of the Sorcerai and they take them away and so she ends up taking all the powers that were in her, his brothers Aristus um cuz he's dead at this point and we find out earlier on in the book that he kind of mutilates and tortures the sorcerer whether that be women or like men or whatever he just detests all of them for like his father dying and things about that it just twisted him into a very nasty person and he ends up dying rightfully so um, Morgana's ward ends up getting tortured and brutally mutilated, there you go, by Aristus, and she is, you know, horrified of the Vrekners. Um, and Morgana decides to punish Thronos by taking away his memories, um, about Lanthe, and he knows of, like, you know, like, this pain that he feels, he doesn't know where it's coming from, and it's just, like, obviously for wanting Lanthe and not knowing who she is or not knowing that he's already found his mate um and yeah that's basically the book and then we obviously Lanthe ends up finding him in Pandemonia and then they decide to rebuild the colony of the Vreckners in Pandemonia a lot happens (laughs) 
like like a lot. Oh yeah, a lot happens <laughs> in this book. Um, which can we start off by talking about two major things that happened in this book? Sure. Um, that are unrelated to our main characters. First of all, Nick's goddess Nick's. of accessions. Yep. <laughs> question mark. Um. So essentially, Nyx is like, well. Um, she goes to see these, like, goddesses and essentially is, like, asking them to make, to, like, for her to become one of them, but then they're yeah. not with it. So she's like, fine, I'll make myself a goddess then. Which, yeah. go you, next. Um, so she's like, I'll be the goddess of accessions. And, which, perfect, like, you know, perfect title, because she's yeah. literally been driving this accession by herself. <laughs> exactly. Um, and the second thing, which I don't know about you guys, but I was like, oh, my God. Fury? Oh, my God. Fury. Yeah. We now know where Fury is. I, I know. Was like, oh. I was like, okay, so someone on the good guys, quote unquote, good guys side knows where Fury is, right? It's Lenthe that sees her at the bottom of the Yeah, Lenthe sees her. Um, Neris has her. So I was like, ooh, okay, so this is probably going to come back at some point. Yeah. Interesting. I expected Fury's, like, appearance to be different. Like, Why? I don't know, I just felt like it kind of, like, they kind of threw that out there. Like, oh, she's outside, she looks out the window, and she's she's just there. I don't know, I expected, like, a maybe, like, a bigger reveal of... Well, I because I don't think that Cressley Cole is ready to bring her back yet. Yeah. I think it was kind of just, like we now know where she is or someone knows where she is and kind of just dropping a hint so that later on and when where like wherever it fits whichever book it fits in then she'll yeah. bring it back and make it a probably a huge thing you know yeah. maybe it's it's fury's own book where that happens yeah. i don't know but i i don't know i i quite liked how she did it because it didn't take away from what was going on with the main characters which it shouldn't because they don't know who fury is so like why would they care you know no i agree um, but it was done in a good way that like as the readers who you know you've been reading all these books and you know fury and like you remember her but she hasn't been mentioned in quite a few books actually so oh maybe not i think she was mentioned in lothair's maybe because of nyx um but you know, you're kind of expecting her to pop up at some point, and I don't know. I liked how it was done because I was like, "Oh my god, here she is! We know where she is." Yeah, no, um, <laughs> I, I like, I liked seeing where she was, and like, I find it, I found it very heartbreaking that she's just like being killed every, you know, minute basically by drowning, and she gets revived again, and then she drowns again, and it's just like that's been going on for fifty years, and like that must have been like imagine her mental state at that point. Like I'm really curious to see when she finally does get out of there, what she's like and how much she's changed because we know her as like this fearsome fury warrior, like Val, like half Valkyrie, half Fury, and like we know that she's some fierce like badass woman. But like obviously, I don't think she's gonna be left, you know, unharmed mentally um from what has happened and I'm just curious to see if Nyx does anything with that information like did Nyx know she was there probably probably but then Lanthe confirmed with her that yeah Fury is actually there would Nyx do anything with that information is she gonna go to the Valkyries and be like oh I know where Fury is or will she wait until it's like the opportune moment for it to help her own cause of the accession will she tell everyone I don't know about you guys but 
as the books go, I start questioning Nyx's motives. Like, you start questioning what does she really want? What is she really doing? Like, mm-hmm. are her motives justified? Like, what, um, like, what is she trying? Like, sometimes she does things and I'm like, huh, I, I don't know how I feel about this, you know? <laughs> like, she's she definitely doesn't feel, like, she's definitely the, ty- the type of person that's like, the ends justify the means. Oh, like, yeah. If, if she has to put th- someone through hell in order to get there yeah. them somewhere where she wants them to be, she will do She doesn't care about do hurting it. anyone. She just cares about mm-hmm. the end and, you know, ultimately what happens. She's becoming more and more crazy. And I'm like, what she's doing, I feel like, is less and less concrete in some places. It's like, th- <laughs> this is messy. I don't, I, I don't know. I just... She makes me feel that way. I'm just unsure of her. Yeah. But I feel like that's her character. She's also, like Lothair, she's the oldest of her species. And she very much, like, her right and wrong, her moral compass is kind of, um, I guess, tilted. Or it's like, I don't even know if she has one anymore. I think it's just, like you said, her... She's just going towards that end goal and like Lothair and she just is going towards the accession and knowing that she has to have all of these, um, I guess, alliances and unions happen before the accession, which is already in play at this point. And yeah, I just don't think she really values what's right and wrong, like how, you know, some people, I guess we do, (laughs) like, you know, like humans usually, typically, supposedly have a more like a moral compass and as an immortal of over 3,000 years she doesn't I don't know I mean all the oldest ones are a little insane yeah (laughs) which makes sense you know like I don't know about you guys maybe this is an interesting question would you actually want to be immortal like would you want to do you think you could live that long and stay sane is the question probably not yeah I don't think so either. Like, one life is enough. <laughs> like, the appeal of being an immortal, yes, that's there. Only if I get my vampire husband. But. Sure. <laughs> um, Will I be sane is the question. That would probably be a no. I just feel like we see so many things happening in our world today. And it's like, imagine constantly living that and witnessing it. And like, yeah, will you be the same as you were? Say, like, when you weren't immortal? Yeah, I, f- I just feel like there's a lot of pain involved in, and this is going to sound really dark, but there's a lot of pain involved in being alive, you know? No, it's I very agree. lonely sometimes. So you think, like, even when you're surrounded by loved ones, you feel lonely sometimes. So mm-hmm. it's like, imagine hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of years like that. And, like, in the case of these immortals, like, some of them have gone hundreds or thousands of years without their mate. Just, you know, wrecking havoc on the world because they are in pain and and whatever. Like, it's just, I don't know. (laughs) I would want that. I I don't know that the world would be a better place if we were immortal. In fact, I think it would be a much worse place if... Yeah. You know, we didn't have that in the back of our mind of like, I only have one life, so I might as well be happy and try my best and like yeah. be nice to people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways. And I also think um, in terms of like people that do wrong <laughs> in this world, it won't really, mm. it's being immortal will just give them free reign to continue being evil and like would make them not fear death 
And I feel like a lot of things are put in check. Um, A lot of actions are put in check when the idea of dying comes into play. And if we are all immortal, then, you know. Can you imagine that right now? It would be crazy. immortal, like, yeah. Um, I love how this became a discussion of philosophy. As it always does. I think it's just a depressing <laughs> conversation. Um, okay, back um, to Nyx. We mentioned the, like yeah. her, the goddess of accessions. Yeah. How did you feel um, about finally her putting into words? Because I feel like we've only ever heard it like in her thoughts or whatever. Or, like even if she says it in passing. Um, that she's setting up, uh, setting all of this up. Like the unions, the alliances, and prepping to fight the, the bringers of doom like the Morier or whatever they're called. How did you feel about actually finally feeling? I feel like she's actually fearful of them too. I don't, I don't feel like she's afraid of them. I just feel like she's ready. She's ready for them. She's ready. I mean, she's putting everything, all of this together. Okay. Yeah. I guess she wants to get ready for them when they arrive. I mean, I do think she kind of sees them as proper opponents though whereas everyone else before wasn't really a proper opponent like she knew how to um play them so that they would fall on her side type of thing whereas here they literally come from another world like I mean, spoiler You're not alert. Supposed to know I, yet. I, 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 I mean, I just finished the next Okay, one. but as so is like, supposed to know. Okay, well, that's not a spoiler. It's literally page one. Okay, fine. <laughs> they, they literally come from a different dimension. So I can understand her feeling a little bit like, okay, these are different people. You know, like everyone else. I mean, technically, they all kind of come from a different dimension. They just have been living here for a while longer. But... I don't know. I, 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 I don't think she's afraid of them, per se, but I do think she understands what they are capable of and the importance of actually bringing those to her side. Um, yeah. I also, like, freaking love that she... Because, like, there's a difference between the badass character who who, you know, is sort of playing all the ca- the cards in the background, sort of like Aelin, if you will, but, like... Of Throne of Glass. Yeah, and, like, how she's always, like, planning things behind the scenes, and, like, you never know what she's going to do, but then it turns out, like, she always has a plan, and, like, it works, you know? Um, I mean, that's debatable, but whatever. <laughs> um, but she never actually really says, like, hey, I'm the one doing this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's she's not actually acknowledging that, which is why I really appreciate that Nyx is doing it because she's like, yeah, I know what I'm doing and, like, I'm doing it damn well and, like, I should be... This should be acknowledged about me. Like, I should be made a goddess of, ex- <laughs> of accessions because yes. I'm the one working behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Like, I, I actually mm-hmm. like that she's doing it and it's not easy. You know what I mean? Like, in the past few books, we have seen the toll that it's left on her of doing all this but at the same time she's like but I should also like people should know me because of this and I should you know I don't know I like how she's not afraid to put a name on it yeah no I I think Nyx is a very interesting character and I can see why Cressy Cole always says that her story will be the last because she ultimately is planning all of this 
Mm. that at the end she does deserve her own slice of happiness and like I'm curious to see how that plays out and I like you said um she counts the Moriar the bringers of doom or whatever as a value like a what is it what was the word not a valuable opponent I guess a valuable opponent you know someone that is actually gonna be a good opponent um, because, like, I'm pretty sure the the bad side of the lore, the Pravis, think they are going to be, like, the ultimate opponent. But it actually isn't even them. Like, you all are going to be fighting the bringers of doom. Like, it ain't going to be you. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I thought was interesting. What do you think is her plan? Because, like, I'm like, is she only planning for this accession? Or is her master plan to actually for this to be the last accession like like is she trying to reverse the whole game and put a stop to it and that's why she's absolutely rootless about how she goes about it like or or is this really something that's going to come keep on coming back I just feel like this is the last one like that's what she's planning for I don't know how do you it can't really be the last one because like they said it's um a way to keep their numbers in check so it can never yeah, be the last Seth, one if this is a romance series at the end of the world like at the end of the day like if no this has to be the last one or else people no, will continue I mean, dying no i think it'll be the last one we see and i think our couples will all survive sure. but i don't think it's the last one because how else are they like going to the keep their population one, in check there's no other way i think her end goal and i kind of don't want to spoil it but not really i already mentioned so basically, people think her mate is Orion. But anyway, so people think that she has this mate out there. So I was thinking maybe she's just doing all of this to maybe get her mate in the same vicinity as her. Mm, but does she know? Because she can't see her, her own future. She can't see her own future. Never mind. Maybe she sees so his. So how would she know that he's his, her mate? Maybe she sees his. Lots to think about. I don't know. Anyways, that's a discussion for next book. (laughs) (laughs) But what do you think, As? Do you think this is the last one? Do you think she's planning for the end capitals, capital letters, or no? I I think I agree with I agree with um, Seth. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's the last one in this series that we'll see, but I don't think it's gonna be the last. Mm. Yeah, I just feel like for a series to be epic, you just have to have this thing that keeps on coming back which is a a cool you know thing like it's a cool concept to have this like major I guess war that keeps on coming back but like the whole point of a series isn't it to put an end to it but not when it's all creatures you know that are immortal because okay then how would you propose they keep their population in check you open a couple portals and you shoot them back to their dimension I guess, but then their dimensions are going to be overpopulated. There's going to be a lot of people too. There's literal, there's literal dragons in some of these uh, planes. So like, you know, release a couple dragons every, you know. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I don't know. I don't care. That's the thing too. It's like, I don't care about the rising population of immortals on earth like but i do care about this i don't know i i just i don't know i just 
maybe it's just this one accession and maybe because she just called herself the goddess of accessions she'll be like i want this to keep on going because it's fun for me but also i also think she's really fucking tired (laughs) so no and that's partly why i think she needs to find like someone to share her burden with um which i hope like hopefully it happens with like cressy cole come on just give me a next book that's all I want. Since we're talking about different dimensions, other planes, yes. uh, worlds, etc. Can I we talk about going. this heaven world for a minute? Oh, <laughs> like Sky. Sky Hall or whatever it's yeah. called. Can I just say that heaven is way overrated? <laughs> yeah, I hate, I don't want to say I hate it, but I hated this version of, you know, of it. Let me just let me just put things into perspective. So this is a very conservative world. Uh, if you find your mate, so first of all, when you're little, I believe it's just boys, right, that have this bed made for them, and yeah. essentially it becomes like the marriage bed. Um, and then on the claiming night, if you will, there's this thing called a claiming sheet. So like there's Lord. literally a sheet between <laughs> the two people so that they don't touch. And then with his dick pointing out of a hole. Yeah, a hole. And then on top of that, it says that um, mates are never naked in each other's presence because that's just not done. And on top of that, everyone is silent you do not make a noise yeah. during it's so sex. so boring. See, it's so boring. So like, boring. I would, if that was fuck? my mate, if my mate was a Bruckner, <laughs> I'd have been like, no, kill me now. I'm like, what We're the hell? Away. This is so boring of a world. Like, what? <laughs> and not only that, it's what? Okay, so I don't know if you were going to talk. Probably you were. Like, the women are supposed to wear, like, dresses that go past their yeah. ankles. But the demoness, the demoness were the same, though. That's not just... Um, do you remember the demoness in the village where Sabine and, and Rydstrom yeah, were? Yeah, yeah, They were yeah, dressed yeah. very conservative, conservatively, yeah. too. So um, it's not just But also, they're not supposed place. to, like, um, you know, basically have a personality. Yeah, um, no, it's land. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what they're... Like, what else... What were the, like, I just, maybe Lanthe or Thronos didn't go into it, but, like, what's the purpose of the females in Sky Hall besides, you know, procreating? They didn't have jobs. It felt, I don't know if it felt the same too, guys, but it felt a little bit like a cult. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> this weird mentality and, like, this group-like thing, because, like, he talks about how, like, yeah, sure, like, the sex thing is a little weird but they have these like reunions where they dance together or like do things like games play games or whatever together and i was just like this is a little weird (laughs) yeah (laughs) i know i felt that too and like when lanthe asked about wait so like do you guys drink he's like no we just play games I just, like, I wanted to know the purpose of the females there. Like, I honestly think they're only there for procreation. Well, I'm, you know what? It'd be interesting for one of them to get a story. If only to, to get a book with someone that is completely out of that world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, see that from the perspective of a female who was sort of sheltered her entire life. And is now, like, being confronted with the rest of the world. Like, I feel like that'd be interesting, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted Lanthi to walk in there 
and just start changing the place, which unfortunately didn't happen. But I would have loved to see her sort of leave her sort of um, imprint on the place by changing things a little Mm -hmm. and like, you know, encouraging women to not dress so conservatively and encouraging like nothing okay i want to say this like nothing's wrong with dressing conservatively that's like your choice not that's fine but i just like but this is not this is not it's not a choice no this is like like in a form of men controlling women because i honestly think as i said before the women have no role in this world they literally the men are are dressed conservatively too it's not just the women though no but what i'm saying i'm going back to the whole idea that like Women aren't even allowed to be warriors. They li- there was no other women in that uh, meeting with Thronos and his his army, like his men. Like there was no mm-hmm. women, and like no women actually even talked either. It literally was only the men that talked, like the Vreckner men. And like I just like I'm just curious. I just want to know more about their world before I form like an opinion. At least abstinence is expected of both men and women and not yeah. just women for once. That's true. Uh, which, you know, I don't know. I liked the their first time. Like he was so nervous. Yeah, he, it was sweet. He was just he was very nervous about it and yeah. and I loved it. I loved how I don't know. I I'm not I usually don't like virgin guys in <laughs> books it's just it doesn't appeal to me at all but i don't know throne was kind of i was like okay I, I i can be here for this um plus like i mean he didn't really act like a shy virgin most of the time what so, really made me die um when they were in yeah. pandemonia and um they were hiding, and then they had to see a demon and his woman have sex. And, like, Thronos yeah. is like, this is an offendment. Like, this is a sin I can't watch. And then, like, he, like, gets into it. And this man's yeah. watching. And I was like, uh-huh. Thronos. I was dying. I thought that was so funny. I feel like that whole scene was really yeah. sexy. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's one point I literally, I, was, I, I wrote it down because I was like, he is what? He was, ladies and gents. Let me um, get my quote out. Okay. I mean, it's not really a quote, but um, I marked down that he was petting her clit with the tip of his talon. Oh, yeah. That was so kinky. (laughs) I was like, I loved it. What? (laughs) I I wrote down, mark me down as scared and horny. (laughs) That sounds dangerous, but also intriguing <laughs> yeah because it's metal at this point right they always dip yeah. it in metal so it's yeah. sharp too mm-hmm. yeah i loved his wings can we talk oh. about his wings i loved his wings it's i like, love his wings too they're very illyrian yeah but better i thought yeah like i don't know what it was about them because they are like quite sensitive and they're full of veins and like if you trace your finger down a vein it's like mm, you know and they have these talons and i don't know liked the wings okay. i don't know why i liked them so much oh was there was there like a feathers in some parts no did i imagine scales. that oh scales yeah. that's why okay yeah that i liked that yeah and i like when they use them to like wrap someone you know yeah. in in the cocoon of yeah, their wings i loved the scene I just, i'm such a whore for that such a whore for it <laughs> and i will say crusty Cole delivered on the wing porn fetish you know with the Mm -hmm. like you said the touching and the Mm -hmm. you know like he has his you know it makes him more horny 
Mm-hmm. Um, but, but he also fights with the talons, which I yeah. which I thought was really cool. Yeah. I've never seen that before. No, I agree. So what I was saying was, Krusty Cole delivered on the wing sex scenes that I did not get with Cassian and Akosif. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really appreciate that I got. Fed. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, I like that they actual they actually fight with them because, you know, in, in other books where males have uh, wings, <clears throat> Sarah J. Mass's books, essentially, <laughs> um, the wings are mostly just there to, you know, fly. Yeah, like that's their only purpose. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. I don't know. I, it was cool to imagine because, like, he was fighting with his body, and at the same time, his wings were like, choo, 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 choo. I know they're like <laughs> doing things. <laughs> let's kill some like twenty go- ghouls. <laughs> like, um, let's poke this guy's eye. You know. <laughs> oh, I also loved like Cressley Cole did not shy away from the wing mm. usage when um his wings. So like um Lanthe decides to use her power of persuasion to help heal him and like she'd have mm. to do it quite often obviously um but like once he was healed one instance he decides to um put her on all fours and you know do things from behind but he used his wings to like propel him back and forth and like uh-huh. the visual i was yes the call is so creative <laughs> she, i was like she's, she's she doesn't put something on someone's body Without, you know, imagining all possibilities yes. of usage, and, and I, I will appreciate say she it. follows through because it, she that, did... the wings were essentially like, like, you know, two added legs in that scene. It was yeah. like, you know, to support him so that he could, you know, really <laughs> get in, there. jam it in. <laughs> oh gosh, we love to see it. Yeah. We love to see it oh my gosh and the horns she even delivered on those like when yeah. she oh gosh the way she kept rubbing herself on his horns too for the gold dust yeah and like the way she like you know started giving them a, a like a hand job a at hand one job. point mm-hmm. i love how i have to yeah. do the action i'm so sorry guys <laughs> both of us were like she's ramming it in there <laughs> Oh, uh, it'd be it'd be way funnier if this podcast was actually uh, filmed as well as recorded. <laughs> Thank yeah. God it's not though, because that'd be embarrassing. No, I I would honestly be embarrassed for my life. Um, yeah. <sighs> Which I have a question about the horns, I guess, because one of the things that like you know is throughout the book is the I guess the ties between the reckoners who are essentially like angels question mark and the demons and like you know lengthy kept on saying like oh so you're not a demon you're gonna tell me you're not a demon even though you have every other thing that a demon does so Mm -hmm. i got a little confused because i was like is thronos specifically descendant of a demon and he's not actually one of the reckoners or were all reckoners descendants of demons that just decided to ignore that side of their history because like tainted and sinning and blah 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 you know what i mean like i mm-hmm. i don't know I, it got me confused because i was like is it just him is it all reckoners is it i don't know it kind of made it seem like it was just him yeah i 
Yeah, I think um, Lanty kind of had a theory about that, and that was just that he had ended up at, you know, Pandemonia, which is, like, the origin of demons, and maybe that awakened that demon side in him. But I think it's I think it's known at this point that the Reckners are descendants of demons, or they are demons. They are of a demon line. Um, so I think when they end up in Pandemonia, I think maybe that their demon side could be awoken as well. Um, well, that'd be kind of cool, though, because, you know, generally in literature, it's like, oh, demons are descendants of angels, like angels that have fallen. So, like, mm-hmm. they're now this thing, you know what I mean? Whereas here it'd be the flip side where it's like demons that became this godlike, I don't know, winged thing, even though they look exactly the same, I guess. <laughs> you know, they're just the, yeah. the pure ones. Um, so I, I like the, the sort of flip on that, if if, yeah. if that's the case. And I also think they wouldn't even be questioning their own, um, their own species because they don't, they're not sleeping with many partners. They're not yeah, attempting they're so like how the demons do, you know, yeah. like they're not attempting to find their, their mate. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how do they know? They just, they, I think they only no. sleep with their mate. Yeah, but how do they know that it's their mate? Because that's the whole point of demons trying out. It's like, they don't know. No, that's just a lie they use. Lanthe even mentioned that she's like, they're like, they're attempting in quotation marks. Like, it doesn't mean shit because like, they know when they're, they know who their mate is. They just attempt to find their mate when they don't actually need to do that. They're just, you know, they're horny. (laughs) 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 The demons, in my opinion, are my favorite. I love the, the best of the yeah, series. Oh my They're gosh, talking delicious. of demons. Yeah. We didn't mention Kate and Holly. They have Kate. their twins. Oh, that's right. The twins. Yeah. The twins. And everyone's doting on them. Even Sabine, which I'm shocked. So I take back um, what I said about Sabine not actually being a good, like, she won't, like, murder her children. I think she she won't. I think she would love them. And cuz she's so cute. And like in this book she was honestly yeah. like a mother hen. Like this girl was like, "Make sure you take a jacket and like make sure you do this and this and this. Make sure you call in to like Lanthe when she was leaving to go find Thronos. I was dying. I was like, "Is this the same Sabine that we knew in her book?" She's yeah. more softer. It's all those pankings from Rystrom that are slowly... (laughs) Oh, I take it back. Transforming the woman. (laughs) We didn't get a spanking scene with them, did did we? With who? Rystrom and Sabine. In their book, yeah. Oh. He's the only one who freaking delivered. Right, okay, yes, yes, yes. I am side-eyeing all, what, 17 other males in the series. Hey, Thronos did deliver too, though, in the sense where... He saw yeah. the demon, you know, with the, the wings and the propelling. And so he delivered on that. Sure. Show. He delivered in other ways. Mm-hmm. But he didn't promise a spanking. So I'm not mad about he it. Didn't. It's just there are a couple other males who, you know, promised something and then didn't deliver, which shame on them. Oh, yeah. Speaking of sex, <laughs> when are we not talking about sex in these books? Um, can I just say that one thing that, you know, Cressley Cole did not deliver on that she did mention and promise is sex in the air, flying. Oh, I know. She, uh, she started it. She mentioned it. She mentioned it. And I was like, okay. No, give it, it started. Me. And then it didn't happen. It started and then fade to black or next chapter happened. Right. I'm starting to think that 
Sarah J. Mass has definitely read these books. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have Because, like, agree. she has a full on sex in the air scene in her <laughs> books. So. <laughs> I'm thinking she, she she's like us. She read the scene and she was like, God damn it, Cressley Cole, why didn't you give me the whole thing? The whole thing. So I'll write it myself. <laughs> yep. I, I think that's what happened too. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I have a question though. Just something small. What, when they were like in their dream dimension, what was what was the thing where I guess they felt like a like a pinch or something like that? Mm-hmm. What, what was that? That was their skin being ripped from their bones. Oh, that's what that was. Yeah. <laughs> It was the acid of the person's yeah. like oh, okay. belly of the the beast's belly, the beast, yeah. not person. I mean, it okay. could be a person, <laughs> could be a giant. So I that's why I really think that the the plane that you were talking about, like where it's like a lust filled environment, I don't think it was real because they thought it was, but then at the same time they were like, "What? Oh, that just hurt, but I'm not hurt, like, so I don't understand what it was." Yeah. So like their bodies are being disintegrated by this acid, <laughs> but they mentally are not present. Yeah. So. And I also I was thinking that maybe it is, but then how would they know about? Severus then because people wouldn't make it back necessarily to the mortal realm um because like Throno said there were thousands and thousands of people trapped in this person's this thing's belly and like they were trapped in this whatever dream world that they were you know they were in so yeah it's it wasn't Feverus. <laughs> and it's so sad that all these people are just stuck there but speaking of dreams i guess um there's this whole scene where um i guess thronos is sort of stuck in like a loop i guess like an imaginary loop where he's constantly reliving the same thing over and over again um and there's this quote because like the first time so essentially what happens is that there's this boulder i think that sort of falls and crushes um lengthy and like he thinks she's dead and that's that's what he's sort of reliving over and over again and he says um tears blinded him when he realized the stone would would be her grave marker thronos closed his eyes and took comfort in knowing that they would share it i was like oh because like he was ready to die he was like she's dead i'm gonna die too this is where this is our resting place this is where we're gonna be together at last well, so I mean, sad. like any mate, any mating bond, they can't live without sure. their their mate. <clears throat> sure. One yeah. fun, like one funny scene for me was um, uh, lengthy because like they find this cave where there's like lots and lots of gold and like the sorcerer are like yeah. entranced by gold. Like this is their religion. Like li- literally they, you know, worship, worship gold. gold. Yeah. So she finds this cavern or whatever and um I actually don't remember if it's in that scene or later on but anyway she's talking about um she's thinking about like her child and she's like I would literally send my child to a therapist if by the age of 12 they hadn't yet stolen gold (laughs) I just thought that was funny like because I was like this is why the sorcerer are just so fun it's just like they like stealing gold it's just, it's what they do. And I love how unapologetic they are. Yeah, exactly. Unapologetic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just love it. It's kind of like the witches just unapologetically uh, stealing people's money. 
<laughs> you know, d- doing very little tricks and asking very large sums of money. <laughs> yeah, instead of doing it out of the goodness of their heart. And I'll never forget that scene in Malcolm and Carol's book when he's like, yeah, I'll do, like, I'll take you guys there. Like, it's fine. And then, like, Carol pulls him aside and she's like, mm, you gotta ask for money. This is not how we roll. No, no, no. That's not how we do <laughs> it. We don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I love it. The witches are so ruthless. Uh, all right. So we get into the monster. Yeah. So what do you girls think the monster of the story is? Or did you think there was more than one? My first one is for Thronos. Um, there, there's, you know, several instances in the books where, in the book, sorry, where, um, Lanthi feels that he is judging her for her past, her sexual past. He and is. the way that she, he, he yes, is. but, yeah. however, I do think it runs deeper than that. I don't actually think, and I, I think he says so at some point himself, like, it's not actually the sexual past that bothers him. And I think the monster for him is is his insecurity. I think he deep down feels very insecure. And he and that's part of why he's so nervous when they have their first time together. Because he's like, she has all this experience and I have none. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to live up to it. You know what I mean? And that's... He's very insecure about that. So I do think... Sure, you could say that it's just, you know, as dry as saying, oh, he just hates that she has this experience because, what, he's envious? Like, he wishes he could have had that? No, he doesn't. He doesn't wish he'd had that experience yeah. himself. He he liked to keep himself for his mate, you know? Yeah. So I really think it's 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 interesting to see this insecurity from a male and how you know? I don't know. I, I, I and it's it does stem from the fact that he comes from such a conservative place where you don't talk about this sort of thing, and so yeah, you would feel a little uh, insecure com- compared to your partner yeah. who has had that experience. No, I do. I do remember what you were talking about. Like what he said. He said that it wasn't because of you know her having all of these past lovers. It was because she had a life without him, or she had moved on. And had a life um, that he was, like, upset about. And I think, yeah, that is that is mainly the, I guess, the, the start or the reason why he is very much um, judgmental or, like, lashes out um, at Lanthi for her past. And he got to witness it, too, right? He did, and that's the whole thing. He literally, he says, so after the whole wing thing, um, he... He literally forgives her on the spot. Like, she just threw him off a building. And he's like, I forgave you right away. And he goes after her to explain himself. And he finds her with this vampire having sex with the vampire. He still says, I forgave her again. And he's like, and it happened again and again and again. And he constantly kept forgiving her. So I don't think that it's actually related to her doing the act with other man men it's really about her never really giving her giving him a chance to explain himself or, or giving him a chance period <laughs> you know cuz she kept running away she never did tr- truly give gave him a, give him a chance to explain himself okay i give i'll give uh, thronos uh, some some points <laughs> for that just the way you explained it cuz yeah i give him some points but i also like i understand yeah. like mentally when he does find her 
you know, he's in a dark spot. But, like, it doesn't excuse a lot of his comments that he said towards her. And it's, like, you can't blame Lanthi either because, like, I mean, you could. Like, obviously, yeah, she deserves some blame. Um, But, I mean, she honestly thought he was the reason why her parents are dead. He is the reason why her sister keeps dying. She honestly believes that, like, he, yes, like, they're mates and all, but he... Sabine keeps dying. Her one family member left. The one person she loves. So, of course, she's gonna, like, move on and, like, sleep with other men and, like, do other things in her life. Like, Thronos is so far from her mind as, like, someone that's good because, like, as I said, miscommunication. Like, it's such a big thing for them and it's, like, it literally drove this war between them for 500 years. And, like, that's what I thought the monster was for them was just, like, the lack of ability to communicate and have a conversation because they got so hateful they got so brutal to one another because they just wouldn't fucking talk (laughs) (laughs) and i guess that could be lanthe's fault or that could be thronos fault but i think at the end of the day it's both of their faults another thing that's sort of related to and and this is not strictly just thronos and lanthe it's kind of all the couples um but it's related to matehood. And like, is matehood even even a word? I don't know. I'm making it one if it's not. Um, but the whole concept of now that I've found you, you should think the same way that I do yeah. because you're my mate. And so what I believe in, you should believe in too. And I think they were both wrong in there and how they dealt with that like mm-hmm. lengthy sort of couldn't really believe or couldn't really get behind how he was thinking sometimes and he couldn't really get behind how she was thinking yeah. because they both just assumed that they sh- they were right and that the other should agree to to what they believed in yeah if that makes sense yeah um i have a quote um it's thronos that says he wasn't her mate she told him she had lived her life without me as if he'd never existed for her. Maybe that was what hang- angered him the most. How easily she'd forgotten him when his every waking moments was filled with thoughts of her. And this is where I'm like, Thronos, you can't blame her for that. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of like, this is what I'm talking about, where it's like, oh, I'm I'm thinking about you all day, every day. How, how come you're not? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, this is where... And again, like this is not just them. It's like literally every couple before mm-hmm. and after probably um, where it's just I don't know. It's like your whole life is supposed to come to a standstill for this one person. And like now you're one type yeah. of thing. You yeah. know, you're not individuals anymore. It's it's a weird thing. It's I don't know. It's an uncomfortable thing. kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so. So yeah, that's probably another monster that's that I noticed. The expectations of matehood. So if you guys were in this world, would you would you like the idea of having a mate? Or do you think that would kind of scare you because of how intense it is? I mean, I like the idea of like there's this one person in this world that you ultimately are meant to be with. Like yeah. the fates have decreed that that is the one person. Um I like that idea, but like the idea of losing one's identity is kind of scary to me. Not that I have, like, a, like an amazing, like, <laughs> great personality. Um, but... Shush. But, like, just the idea of, like, the possibility of losing that um, is scary. 
And I think this ca- the characters themselves are scared of it. At yeah. least some of them. So I, I don't, I, I think that that makes sense. Like being scared of, of not being fully your own person. Because that's what it is. Like it's not just simple love. It's yeah. like, no, 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 no. This is like we're fusing into one. Like yeah. this is, we have one heartbeat. We have one life and one eternity together. Like this is, it's another level, which is fucking scary yeah but it is kind of comforting I guess you could say to think that there is this one person out there for you that's like perfect for you no matter what and you know it's weird because when I think of some characters in this series I'm like yeah I would want it but then if I think of other characters like other couples and their dynamics together I'm like no I wouldn't want it you know what I mean they get I don't know. What about you, Wes? Um, I like, like you, I like the idea of having a mate, but I think, I think it's scary how intense a love can get. Yeah. And like from personal experience, like I feel like I've, I've, there was a point in my life where I've experienced that intense thing. And I think it was more where I felt it. And like, I feel like I lost myself a little bit. Yeah. And like that was like all my focus. I don't know. That's scary. It's scary to think that maybe in the future, if I find love again, like I don't want to be, I don't want that basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't Mm -hmm. know. So I I guess in that world, I think it would be kind of scary. Yeah. And that's understandable. Um, Because it it definitely flirts with obsession with some of these characters. Like flirts with. I think a lot of it is obsession. uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Like Ronald stalked like Lanthi for five hundred years. Let's be real. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sure. I mean, I was gonna say Lothair certainly flirts with obsession as well. (laughs) I mean, I think he's literally on the other side of that line. He's dependent (laughs) on Elizabeth to keep him sane. Like, Elizabeth does not have any breathing room. I'm pretty sure she can't even be left alone at this point. But that that also should not be a responsibility for anyone. Like, listen, out there, people, it is not your responsibility to keep someone sane, okay? Like, they should get help. (laughs) And that is also Naomi, too. She is literally... Conrad goes crazy, and we witnessed what happens to him. Like... And that falls back on her. She has to be there at all times or else the poor guy is just lost. Yeah, he's back to This is a lot. Yeah. See, like, that kind of love right there, that's what's scary. Yeah. As much as I love Lothair and Conrad, you girls both know I love them so much. But if I was, if I were in the shoes of Elizabeth and Naomi, I don't know. I don't know if I have that strength to be someone's sanity. Yeah, I think this is why I loved Rystrom and Sabine so much because I think they're the, literally the only couple of the series that acknowledged how bad they were together. Yeah. Like, that they, they brought out the worst out of each other. And I commend them for it because they're like, yeah, no, we need to change this. This is not working out. And they did. And like, I love how neither of them was trying to change the other. They yeah. kind of just found a middle ground. But like Sabine is very much still Sabine and Rydstrom is just Rydstrom. Like they, I just, I don't know. I loved how they were the only ones that actually acknowledged like, yeah, no, this is, this is messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. So. Um, And I, okay, I will say Bowen and Mary Ketta, at the beginning, yes, he was very toxic in the sense where he didn't want her to practice her magic. He didn't want her to be a witch. But at, by the end oh of it, oh my god, I forgot that. I forgot. 
got that so bad. Yeah, yeah and she literally had to practice it while he was sleeping. Um, anyways, but they've overcome that, and like now he's become like a supporter of her. He's literally standing by her, um, and you know he's with her as she does her magic. And I think that's an instance where you know their matehood ended up being something you know good. <laughs> but he was pretty bad, bitch ass Bowen. <laughs> Leave bitches Bowen alone. <laughs> Do you have any ideas for Lengthy specifically? I just thought miscommunication was for both of them. What about U.S.? I think miscommunication as well. For me, like, I had another one for Thronos. I'm sorry. I don't know. Like, maybe it's not really a monster. I think it could be something, like you said, for both of them. Um, it's like being very close-minded. Um, and I think what I'm talking I'm not talking about, like, his constant judgment on, like, her past exploits or whatever um and we're talking about like how he like when she got to sky like he wanted to change her way of life which is basically her clothing and taking away her sorcery like yeah he decided that wasn't what he wanted to do ultimately in the end um but also like I don't know just like the overall way he expected her to behave as well like to be like docile and you know, just not be a sorcerer is where like what I'm getting at. Um, and uh, I don't know, like the only reason, like I don't know what I'm trying to say. The only reason he changed his mind or like was quick to change his mind was like him experiencing her death numerous times. And I don't know um, if his change in mindset would have occurred as quickly or if at all had he not witnessed her death as many times as he did in Pandemonia. Like, do you think it would have? No. I think that needed to happen in order for him to kind of, like, react and be like, I need to change the way I think and act. and. Yeah, because I feel like they were constantly at odds up until that point. I don't know. Because, like, that was the first time that he was actually confronted with her being in true danger. And it changed his mind right away. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't want to be that person, but, like... It ain't true for the flip side. You know what I mean? She know, she witnessed him going through hell multiple times and she was still hot and cold towards him. Yeah. And that's that was one thing that I was so annoyed with throughout the book because I was like, throughout the book, I wanted to like her. I was like, please, like, I, I'm here for it. Like, you're a, sis- you're a sister to Queen Sabine. Like, I want to like you. But her hot and cold attitude towards him which was unending like no matter what he did it just wasn't enough it wasn't right it wasn't what she wanted it wasn't and then but again goes back to the miscommunication thing mm-hmm. she never communicated with him what he was doing wrong or why she didn't like something or why she thought differently or anything so i was like lengthy how do you expect the man to understand shit you know what I mean? Like, when you're not telling him shit in okay. return. All right. So this goes, you know, the whole miscommunication thing again. She decides to communicate that your psycho-ass brother killed Sabine and stabbed me in the hand. Watch. <clears throat> showed her hand. And this man still didn't believe his brother was capable of this badness. Or at least that people in his, you know tribe or clan or whatever the Vrechners decide to call themselves a colony whatever he didn't believe that people would go against his order or like would go against you know his their their rule of killing someone's mate like he only believed it till later on so like when she finally decided to communicate why she was so hot and cold as you say or like as so like 
hateful towards him, he kind of didn't believe her until later on. Or, like, he does in his head, but he doesn't communicate with her that, oh, wait, maybe I kind of am starting to believe that maybe people are against her and want to kill her. He didn't tell her. He said he thought it. He didn't tell her. Okay, but let's say we all thought that this looked a little cult-like. Yeah. So, with that in mind... Okay, and the the fact that he was raised his entire life probably in a community that is A, very closed off to the rest of the world, and B, probably thinks of itself that it's like the godly, you know, realm on earth type mm-hmm. of thing. So he was probably told things about his people that he believed to be true. In fact, he didn't know why his family was... Um, you know, there that night. He didn't know what they were doing until he was there and he saw what happened to the parents, whatever. He wasn't aware of things. And and so I'm just saying that from that perspective, I can kind of see how it would be hard for someone to, you know, suddenly, just like that, be asked to change their opinion on the people that they've lived with their entire lives. You know, it's not for, an, for for no reason that, like, someone is murdered mm-hmm. and then they go see the neighbors and they're like, oh, but he was such a nice man. I never True. could have thought him capable of doing that. Like, he, you know, took care of my garbage can or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was, it, people are like that. It's like, you can't imagine them, even though you're told this guy murdered a bunch of people. Did you know? And you're like, oh, my God, I never could have thought. So... I'm just saying that, like, I can kind of see how it's hard to divorce yourself from the idea of someone that you had. And this is his brother. So it's, like, one step further because it's, like, family. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not just your your next-door neighbor who you talk to once a week. So should he have told her that, like, yeah, I'm sort of starting to see it your way? Maybe. But I don't fault him for not doing it right away when presented with facts because... It is difficult. Yeah, presented with facts and actually believing them, yeah, those are two different things. Um, But I do think he should have started telling her that he was seeing things differently. And if he didn't see Lanthia's mate, he also was killing sorcery women as well. Like, it wasn't something that he wasn't doing. Like, that's his mission in life, is to kill their enemy um, and hoard their powers. <clears throat> or in this case, rehabilitate in quotation marks sorcery women and take away their magic and like put them up with all the other women. And the first instance they have, they they ran away um, because that's not the life they ever wanted. And like, that's just not their way of life. Um, so yeah, I could see like him being told many things to deter him from thinking differently. Um, <clears throat> but ultimately, he should have told her once he started suspecting that maybe things aren't as black and white as he said you know a good character because i would say that like deep down he is i mean he's not a villain i don't think that anyone sees him as a villain so deep down he is a good person and i think that the world thinks he's a good person because he no wait he's they don't oh my god that's the thing his his um his choker thingy it when the when he was stuck in that prison it came off and it was only the evil ones that it came off right yeah, because he had said that it was because his mind was fill, filled with evil and dark thoughts. So maybe La Dorada thought that he was a, a bad, like on the bad side. Yeah, well, anyway, all this to say that deep down he's a good person acting in a world that, you know, his his people are 
doing questionable things for sure. But why is like I I feel like we're sometimes harsher on people like him who just aren't aware of things fully compared to like how we are towards villains who are doing things evil things knowingly and we're like oh but like a baby you know what I mean whereas I don't know like I feel like there's like a a double standard here where it's like oh but he's a good person just not knowing full like all all you know what like he just he doesn't know what's going on whereas the other one knows what's going on and he's doing evil and we're like oh but he redemption story (laughs) okay so this is how i see it and i'm probably gonna get canceled um but how i see it is i'm ready for this cancel party (laughs) hey cancel staff 2021 okay um so how i see it is that as a villain like for example let's say loki um from marvel um for example he is very yes he's a villain but he has like a story that like makes you understand him but he doesn't pretend to be anything else he is a villain through and through like he doesn't like have any sort of like facade like he is a villain thronos on the other hand he is he's willfully ignorant and like i you can argue that it was his upbringing or whatever but he I guess he never had that drive to learn another way. But can you fault someone for their ignorance when they were so isolated from the truth? I mean, I don't know. Like, Thronos, for example, had, like, a mate that wasn't of his species. So I guess he kind of, he had the responsibility or, like, the ability to learn about other things and, like, like, learn about life in another way that he didn't take up until he further communicated with Lanthe and also, like, understood her species and also later on talked to, like, to Rydstrom. Like, he never really took those steps to further educate himself when he had the ability to do so. But he did eventually. Like he... Eventually, yeah. He did. Well, that's all that matters, really, isn't it? Like... Yeah. No. I don't know. Like... I don't know. I mean, I'm, I am I am a villain fucker. I'm not going to, like, sit here and be like, oh, <laughs> fuck them villains. No, <laughs> I and mean, fuck I, them villains. <laughs> I think what I'm getting at was I kind of wish it happened before, but then at this point, there would not be a yeah. conflict in this book, I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. I'm happy it finally did, and he did educate himself and want to learn more and want to be a better person. But, yeah. like, that's, like, not the case for a lot of people that are stuck in cults like this, you know? Yeah, I'm. I just, I just wanted to raise the, you know, the fact that there is a difference in how we perceive those who believe they are doing good but are actually doing bad, and those who know that they're doing bad and continue to do bad because that's what they've chosen for themselves. Like yeah. I, there is sort of, we're harsher, I think, on the former than no, the latter, and I, which... I agree. I totally agree with like the people that have. Like, as you said, the people that are doing bad but don't really know that they're doing bad. And, like, once they try to fix their ways and, like, re-educate and learn about different ways, they're automatically, as, you know, as you say, canceled. And they're not given that chance to learn and change their mindset and alter the way they see things, like, at all. And I think that is a problem in our society today. That's That's kind of the whole thing. It's like... 
So when they do bus- decide to change their ways, oftentimes doors are closed in yeah. their face. It's like too late, you know, whereas I feel like villains that change their ways were all welcoming towards them. We're like, yes, you've chosen the right side. And maybe it's because I don't know. I I I don't know. Maybe this is a discussion for another day, but yeah, anyway. No, I, I agree. It's an interesting it's an interesting parallel between the two. No, I think cancel con- culture is very toxic. Extremely. We're not canceling you, Seth. Don't worry. Don't you better not cancel me. <laughs> not I didn't today. say anything that bad. No. Not no. today. <laughs> maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we just get to ranking this? Episode ended up being longer than I thought it would be. You can go first, Em. You haven't go- gone first in a while. Okay, do we start with men or women? Women. Or men. What do you guys want? Whatever you want. Let's start with women. Okay. So, I have a lot of ties. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, go. <sighs> okay, so in 10th place, I have Naomi. Then in 9, there is a tie between Emma and Lenthi. Oh. In eighth place, Daniela and Caro. Seventh is Lucia. Sixth is Katerin and Chloe. Fifth is Mariketta. Fourth is Holly. Third is Mist. Second is Regan and Ellie. And then first is Sabine. Oh, obviously. surprise. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, will that ever change? No. I'm kind of starting to think that that's not going to change. I don't think it will either. Wait, your first is Sabine? Yeah. Of course. How is that even wasn't a question? She, wasn't she lower last time? No. Yeah. She's lower in your list. Queen Sabine has always been my number or one. Or was it or was it Rhinestrom that went lower? Oh, Rhinestrom, Rhinestrom did, did, yeah, yeah. But I love my baby Rhinestrom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sandwiching myself between, like, my top three. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just... <laughs> Aren't we all? Um, speaking of babies, do you think Rhinestrom and Sabine would have a child anytime soon? Oh. Because don't I feel like I kind of forgot that their whole plot started on Sabine needing to have Wanting a to child. impregnate herself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking so that doesn't that you don't, we don't see that in the series yet? I guess maybe they aborted the plan. <laughs> they were like, we need to fix this relationship first. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, okay, I'll go. So, in 12th spot, we have Naomi, and then 11th, Emma, 10th, Danny, 9th, Lanthi, 8th, Lucia, 7 goes to Caro, and 6th spot goes to Holly and Chloe, 5th um, goes to Mist, 4th is Katerin's spot, 3rd is Sabine and Mariketta, 2nd is Reagan, and number 1 is Elizabeth. So, Lanthi is actually quite low on your list, too. Yeah, I mean, like, I like her, I don't love her, but she's just, like, a meh She's just character. there. Yeah, she's just yeah. there. Like, I like her better than, you know, obviously, Danny, Emma, and Naomi, which is why, like, you know, she's there. Yeah, it's kind of what, it's kind of how I, I rate them, too. It's, like, it's not that I hate them, besides, like, Naomi, which left a really bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. And I didn't like her. Um... But besides that, like, the lower spots, it's not because I don't like them. It's mostly just they didn't really leave an impression on me. It's kind of just, like, they didn't have anything that I connected with. Exactly. That is, yeah, that's what I agree with. Okay, S, what is your ranking? So, 13, Naomi, 12, Daniela, um, 11th, Chloe, uh, 10th, Mist, 
right? Yeah, 10th Miss, 9th Katerin, 7th Lanthe, okay. 6th Sabine, 5th Carol, 4 Emma and Elizabeth, 3 Reagan and Lucia, 2nd uh, place Holly, and then 1st place Mariketta. So Mariketta's been your number one for a while. Mm. I don't think she's moved ever since her book. I like I Mariketta. I'm surprised yeah. Chloe is so low. I don't actually remember how you felt about that book. She's low, but I don't know. I kind of don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't, I guess, memorable. So, she's All right. At the bottom. Let's do the men, ladies and gents. This is where the war starts. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be a war this episode, though. No, nah, I don't cause... think so either. <laughs> okay. So, in 11th spot, I have Lachlane. Obviously. <laughs> Um, then I have Murdoch and Tan, nine is Malcolm, uh, eight is a tie between Sebastian and Thronos, so like I said, the virgin boys unite. Um, in seventh, I have Conrad and McCreeve, again, the troubled ones unite, like, why am I so on brand? I don't know, like, it's like, I pair up the ones that are similar. <laughs> um, in sixth place is Bowen, fifth is Gareth, fourth is Cade, Third is Nikolai. Second is a tie between Wrightstrom and Lothair. And then in first, I have Declan, which I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> th- my, my honestly, my top three is kind of like... Interchangeable. Yeah. 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 No, I... There's something about Declan Chase that just... Hmm, I don't know. Like, damn Those gloves. It. it was the gloves for me, I think. <laughs> well, we never got to see a scene, sadly. I know... I don't, I don't know. There's something about Declan that, like, I don't know. It intrigued me. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Anyways. All right, my turn. Um, 12 spot <laughs> goes to... This is like, I'm not even here for it. I don't even want to know. <laughs> All right, 12 spot goes to Lachlan. <gasps> He's always been 12. Shocker. I know, right? Um, 11 yeah. goes to Thronos. <laughs> 10th wow. Murdoch, uh, 9th Sebastian, 8th Nikolai, 7th Gareth, and McReeve. 6th spot goes to Cade. 5th um, goes to Malcolm. 4th is Rydstrom's spot. 3rd spot is Bowen. 2nd is a tie between Conrad and Declan Chase. And then number 1 is Lothair. What about U.S.? So 12th place is McReeve and Thronos. 11th is Murdoch. 10th is Conrad. Ninth is Sebastian. Eighth is Lothair. Seventh is Malcolm and Nikolai. Sixth is Declan. Five is Rightstrom. Fourth is Lackland. Three is Garrett. Uh, second place, Cadon. Uh, and then first place, Bowen. I switched Cadon and Garrett because we got to see Cadon in this book. So he went up <laughs> a little bit. Hold on. Was Lothair always at, at the eighth? That's very low. Why is Lothair so low? Let's go back. She's hateful towards vampires. But like Lothair. I know. Oh, I had him in fifth place. I'm going to have him right now. And this eight bitch put place. him in eighth? <laughs> I know. Yeah, you know what? why? I remembered why I bumped him down because I remembered that he he didn't stop when Elizabeth told him to stop. So he went down a little bit. 
girl, I do not understand how you can say that and bump someone down on the list when you have bitch ass Bowen over there and Lackling. Leave him alone. Leave them alone. Like, he literally molested Emma. And he tried to get her drunk off his dick exactly how is that not canceled and bitch ass bowen literally said another woman's name while he was coming inside another woman and somehow lothar is lower than that i know i know he never (laughs) pretended to be anything else but himself i'm sorry and i do love bowen i just think lot like lothar should be somewhere on that list too like i'm sorry not on my list nope you bitch I'll, I'll, I'll let you have uh, Lothair up in your top, not in you mine. You know what? I will. I will have Lothair. That's fine. You keep your lock lane. My God, there's a war. <laughs> he stayed. <laughs> I don't know why we're fighting. He stayed. <laughs> I'm just going to log out. <laughs> I'll be the referee on the side. So, you go. <laughs> I feel like I was more, uh, I was more sympathetic towards uh bowen bitch ass bowen until gareth came along and i was like this is what the like should be like you know and i was like bitch ass bowen you take you take a seat gareth gareth just showed us how it's done he showed us how it's supposed to be i understand you know what you're saying but for me that made him not really memorable which is why he's number seven like Bowen, for some reason, I I I love him, and I like I stand by him being in your top three S. That's one thing we can agree on. Um, but yeah, Gareth kind of wasn't memorable to me, which is why he's like seven. It's difficult, I feel like, to rate the characters separately from how they are with their uh, love interest, because you don't really see them without their love interest. Exactly, exactly. So it's like. Do I do I like this person because of how they are towards this other person, or do I like them just how they are? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of how we rate them is based off how they are with their love interest. <clears throat> Not lost there. I, I love them from the first moment. Yeah, grace my pages. I mean, because I mean, he was a wreck. I know. <laughs> Elizabeth so <laughs> you kind of don't have a choice like you just like <laughs> you kind of just have to ignore all the things that he had you know put her through like the prison for two years and I'm talking <laughs> she row was in prison and... for five years actually oh my God. um no but I'm talking more or less about no. um you know and hu- a hunger like no other he was just there laughing just watching things and then like in Rise from and Sabine's book he was still planning but still like expected things to happen and like you know that happened and all of that and then um in Declan and Reagan's book this man was a crazy crazy guy but like you know he was planning towards something with asking for salt you're like why the heck does this man need salt and it's just like he's so un like unapologetic i'm using that word again about like his actions and like he really doesn't give a shit he just does what he wants to do to but guys what does it say about us that the memorable ones are the ones that did messed up crazy ass shit to their love interest and then the ones that were like kind of boring it's like the good guys (laughs) i know uh if you you know 
have a different male in mind for a best male of the series, please let us know. Um, you can find us on social media on Instagram. We are at the Romancing the Monsters podcast. <laughs> On Twitter, it's the RTM Pod, and we also have a TikTok, which is Romancing the Monsters Pod. So go and follow us on there. Uh, you can also email us if you want to at Romancing the Monsters Podcast at gmail.com. And you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at uh, pros, nope, folks, <laughs> and lovers. Why do I always want to say yours? I don't know. Jeez, I am not you. <laughs> it's not even that great of a user. <laughs> And you can find me us at, and you can find me us on Instagram and Twitter at but this book. And you can find me. So- <laughs> I don't know why I have the giggles. Okay, and you can find me Seth on both Instagram and Twitter at Pros with Woes. And also, if you liked this episode or any episodes in the past, you can uh, feel free to like leave a review um on any of our platforms um that would be greatly appreciated and if you just want to message us and just let us know what you think of the podcasts um the episodes just please do we're literally we're everywhere um send us an email you know that'd be great too and yeah so thanks for listening and uh we hope we'll see you next week bye, bye.